You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Money Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. It's 2023 and we're getting a trader's perspective, not only on the markets this week, but for this year. So Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com joins me. Nick, you have over 30 years experience trading. You view the charts, which you see as human behavior represented on those screens behind you here as we talk. I can see it on, on the call here. What is your best call? What is your most confidence call for 2023 as a trader? Well, that's a good question. But what I'm going to say, Bill, is that this is going to be a trader's year. This is not going to be uh, a bull market, bear market that we're uh, used to seeing. We're going to have a lot of choppiness. I just did a 2023 market outlook for all of my members, and I called it choppy waters ahead. And I, I do think that's what we're going to see. We're going to get these big rallies like we're, what we're seeing now, and that was anticipated. And then we're going to get some big, big sell-offs. I ultimately believe that the stock market will make a new low this year as well. So um, this is definitely going to be what we call choppy waters ahead. You're going to have to know how to navigate the charts. If you don't know how to navigate the charts, you might want to just sit on the sidelines. I mean, this is going to be rough. And um, you know, 2022, you saw uh, some stocks get really, really just decimated beyond belief. And uh, that's going to be the case going forward too. You're going to have some really really nasty sell-offs and and then you'll have some big big bounces but if you're not uh you know if you're not really uh versed on how to trade these markets or haven't seen them before it's going to be tough what about trading in january what are some patterns that we historically see as a trader in january yeah january you know it's a very tricky month because especially when you're coming from a bear perspective when you're coming from a bull market everybody looks for that typical santa claus rally so to speak and then, you know, the markets just rally up in January called the January effect. This time around, we didn't get a Santa Claus rally. Santa, you know, showed up in October and then he took he took Christmas off. This time around, I think you're going to get a January bounce. That's what we're already seeing. That's what I had told my members the, the, the week prior to the new year. I said, hey, we're going into January. Um, we're going to be choppy here. Don't fall for this bear pattern. Uh, we're going to move up. And, and certainly that's what, what happened. So. Uh, right now, I think we get more of it, but um, I, I'm not so certain on on how long this will last. It, it's just really going to be more of a fake out than anything else. It's not going to be a sustainable move. What's your best trade for the China reopening? Uh, you know, Bill, I, I stopped trading China stocks about a year ago. No I, Alibaba in the portfolio yeah, anymore? <laughs> uh, and I, I used to love to trade the Chinese ADRs, JD.com, Baidu. Uh, Alibaba. They were some of my FXI, which is an ETF. They were some of my favorite trades. And I just saw something not right there. And I said, wow, this isn't really acting correctly. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And about a year ago, I told my members, you know, we're no longer going to trade the Chinese ADRs. I have no advantage. And only time I trade anything is when I have an advantage over the market. If I don't have an advantage over the market, I don't even want to be in it. That's, you know, that's pointless. I'm not a gambler. Um, that, that kind of uh, activity doesn't excite me. I want to be in the market when I'm the house, I'm the casino. I don't want to be the guy sitting at the other side of the blackjack table with a rum and Coke in his hand. That guy is going to go home a loser. So, you know, for me, I let the market put me into a trade. I, I don't ever force it. So if you're at the poker table and you don't know who the sucker is, you are the sucker. Is that what you're saying too? <laughs> that, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, you know, it, it surprises me still to this day and age, how many times 
you know, people just want to activity. They just want to be in something. They really don't even care if they're losing in it. They just feel like they need, and that's, that's a gambler's, uh, uh, blood, I guess, you know, and, and, you know, and unfortunately the stock market, um, has become like a casino and, and that's how people treat it, but I'll never treat it that way. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's about, uh, mathematical, uh, formations, chart formations, calculations, and, and I take it a very, very scientific approach and, and, and not the Fauci science, real scientific ap- approach. So with the China reopening, would there be any derivatives you would maybe bet on? So like oil, people say that demand is going to go up, oil consumption will go up. Therefore, USO, how do you think that might play out? Yeah, well, I got to say, I haven't really been overly impressed with the pattern in oil as of late. The pattern hasn't really been all that great. I know oil is getting a bid today. Uh, You know, we keep hearing, you know, China reopening, oil pops, and next thing you know, they shut down or lock down 25 million people in an apartment building. And the next thing you know, oil goes lower again. So the pattern in oil hasn't been the greatest. I love it long term. Let me tell you, I, I don't even think we've seen the move in oil over the next couple of years. It's going to explode like most commodities will. But with that being said, these things aren't ready to go just yet. So I think you can nibble on some nat gas. I bought some nat gas call options recently. I think that's a, a way to play a bounce here. Um, I, I do think that um, I have a floor for nat gas coming up if it does make a new low. So I'm not even really concerned about that. I think nat gas is putting in a definitive bottom on this recent uh, so-called mini crash that it's had. But um, oil still has could have some more backing and filling. Longer term, I love it. Short term. You know, there's tradable bounces in here, but it hasn't been uh, a great pattern that I would get involved in yet. Are there any economic numbers you're watching? No, I don't, I don't even care about economic numbers. <laughs> you do listen to the Fed, though, right? Well, I, you know, I have to listen to them because they cause these short-term reactions. So outside of them, I, I, I honestly could never tell you even what the Fed really says or what the economic numbers of anything really are. I don't believe them. I don't, I've never believed them. I, I, I don't, if you ever look inside of like a job report, which we just had out last Friday, you can make heads or tails out of that. Let me know because I've been looking at it for 30 years. I can't make heads or tails out of that. That, I mean, it, it's just so silly how they, they come up with these numbers. Um, but it moves markets, it causes reactions. And, and that's why we got to pay attention to them. What I always tell my membership is, don't worry about the numbers. Don't even care. I can't even tell you what the last CPI number was. And that's been the market mover in 2022. But, you know, don't worry about it. Just worry about the reaction. You know, we watch the patterns and we watch the levels. And when they get there, that, that's what we trade. Commodities have been the best performers the last couple of years. Goldman Sachs says they will continue to outperform in 2023. I remember you saying on the show recently, <laughs> you rolled your eyes for audio listeners only. You, you you come from New York, right? So you don't swallow a narrative when it's first fed to you. I guess, <laughs> what are your comments on that, Nick? Um, Goldman Sachs is telling you something. You know, you better run the other way. I mean, these guys, <laughs> these guys are as close to snake oil salesmen as you can find. So, you know, I just laugh at that stuff. You know, one of my great trades that I've ever had was in uh, 2008. Oil, you know, was approaching uh, above $140 a barrel. And I never forgot this. Um, I had a GAN level. As you know, I'm a GAN trader and I had a GAN level and I gave it out to my members. And that next day, Goldman Sachs upgraded oil to $200 a barrel. 
the level I gave my members was 145. It got to 145 and change, or maybe it got to 147 and change. I can't remember the exact number, but right in that vicinity. And oil collapsed. It absolutely cratered. And I rode that thing down, and it was just off of a Goldman Sachs upgrade. So, you know, I'm not saying they're all bad guys at Goldman. I'm just telling you, you know, when, when they feed you a narrative, you know, just just remember <laughs> where it's coming from. You got to be a little bit careful. What? Okay, so we covered oil, gold. Uh, we talked about a gold retest down to fourteen fifty or fifteen hundred. You still looking yeah. at those numbers? Because a lot oh. of gold technical anal- analysis that I've listened to, they're like, hey, it's looking good. Triple bottom. We we're on our no. way up. Gold has had a great bounce, and I, I told my members I thought gold was going to go to, um, uh, I believe it was eighteen seventy five is the number I gave them. So we we we've tackled that today. We're at eighteen eighty. Now I would um, I would take my gold my gold bear, bull costume off and put that in the uh, in in the hamper and and just um, wait it out a little bit. But what what what's, what I think is going to happen is everybody right now is seeing the dollar decline and and that's gotten everybody you know and the fed has talked about slowing rates but they're still doing a quantitative tightening i think when the dollar starts up again gold comes back down you'll go to that 1500 i'm not so sure we'll see 1400 anymore to be honest bill i think we'll be more like in the low 1500s and that will be the lifetime buying opportunity um when when gold does that retest um that will be the time where it just doesn't look back so uh, again, I still stand by it. You know, I've been looking for that when when gold was above two thousand. I said it would go, you know, down to fifteen, uh, fourteen fifty to fifteen hundred. Now I, I would probably say fifteen hundred would be the floor. And um, this year too, Nick, you would expect it this year. That I level? think there's a I think there's a good shot this year. Yeah, I do think there's a real good shot we get there this year. Um, and if I'm wrong, you know, so be it. I own a lot of gold. I own a lot of gold bullion. I own, you know, a lot of gold. Is products. the silver bar still on your desk there behind you? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's right a paperweight. <laughs> well, that, that particular one is I keep a 10 ounce there for a paperweight. I keep a coin there for a paperweight. But, um, you know, I've got 100 ounce bars I could build a stoop with. So, you know, <laughs> again, I've been accumulating this stuff a long time ago. And, you know, just to go back real quick, Bill, um, silver, silver got to $18 and then had a really big rally. And I told my membership it had to go to 1750 Pierce before it was going to be the actual buy level. And it did that on September 1st. And look at the move that silver has had, right? So, you know, I did pretty well with the silver, uh, you know, the call. And, um, you know, I, I had call options almost 200% in gains. I had swing trades upwards of 20% in gains. I mean, it was it was really a, a, a very nice trade, to say the least. It, it, was, it, was, it was actually better than the 15% that I'm happy, generally happy with. Yep. And you influenced me in one of our conversations a few months ago when I asked you about only making 15% gain on some of your trades, uh, one of the comments in the YouTube. And you're like, Bill, anybody who would say that doesn't understand the markets. If you can scalp 15% in, in a week, that's, that's a good right. deal. That's a great deal. And you know what? I, it, it just surprises me. But it, it just proves the point that people are so um, so much into the gambling, right? They're just looking for these big mega scores, and you'll get that from time to time, but they're, they're once in a while, once in a blue moon, you know, it's an anomaly. You're not going to get that on a consistent basis. I mean, you know, anybody who doesn't think 15% is a good move is absolutely crazy. It's a great move. And again, that that's, you know, what you, uh, that's a great trade in, in the stock market. It's not even a good trade. It's a great trade. 
We've seen Newmont move up the last two months. Uh, what's your take on GDX and GDXJ relative to the gold price? Or what do you yeah. see in the charts? Yeah, so the gold miners have had a sensational run, especially since gold picked up, right? When they were struggling, but you could see they were leading. I remember coming on your program saying, gold miners are where you got to watch now. They're showing, you know, they're going to start to outperform. And Newmont, which was decimated after earnings on two separate occasions, you know, has made a storming comeback. Agnico Eagle Mines, a bunch of them, right? It really doesn't matter which one. They all kind of birds of a feather that flock together. But the GDX, um, I've calculated my resistance is going to be around $33.25, $33.50. Around there, that's where, you know, you should step out of them, take profits or trail your stop loss. You don't always have to get out. I could be wrong. I'm humble enough to admit sometimes I'm wrong on these things. But um, I would take profits there and then wait for a pullback or wait for some kind of consolidation. And if you own gold miners, whether it's the GDX or the GDXJ, which is the junior miners, I would already have trailing stops in there because, you know, like I said, my gold objective was just met. What about platinum? You following that market at all? Yeah, I played platinum uh, several times and made good money on. And I think platinum's probably headed to 1200. I, I, I love what it's doing. But again, it's overbought here and it needs to pull back or consolidate. Then, it, then it'll make that next leg. Everything in the precious metal space, I'm even out of all my silver. So I'm out of all my silver trades. I locked them, closed them all out. And now I'm just waiting on the sidelines for the uh, so-called pullback that hasn't come. But I, I hope it does. And I'll be jumping back in because silver is going well above $30. Can you share your jumping back in level for silver? Well, I would, I would, I would certainly do it, but it's not necessarily about the number. It's going to be more so about the pattern. And right now, silver has been stalling up here, really struggling at around $24 an ounce. It needs to pull back. You know, I couldn't say if it's 19, I couldn't say if it's 20, you know, it, it's really just going to be about the chart pattern. But what I would say is become a member and you trade right back on, trade it right back with me. <laughs> you, 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 I thought you don't sell your newsletter, Nick. You're like you're I, like I, a soft sell. That was a hard sell. <laughs> I don't sell it, but you know what? You know, people didn't believe it. I came on your show and I told everybody right here that that was going to break out. I mean, you know, it, and I bought a bunch of silver uh, bullion at that point in time for my members. You know, we were paying four dollars over spot. Now I'm hearing people paying. $12, $15, $18 over spot. So, you know, that that's what the service is about, you know, presenting, you know, good ideas for people when it's time. And, it, you know, and, and I laugh because so many people just want to, you know, hear what you have to say, but, you know, that they don't ever really want to come and join you. <laughs> With the silver charts, I've had people on the show in the last couple of years to where they say, if we break through $30 an ounce, it's going to fly to 50, that there's not much much resistance between 30 and 50. Is that what you see in the charts too? Yeah, but I couldn't make that assumption just yet, right? So I would have to say right now I've calculated to about 33, 34. That's the next leg higher. And how I do it is when we approach that next leg, if we take out what I like to call my breakpoints, it's not something I teach. But if we break out of that break point, then we're going to go test that next level. Obviously, 50 is the old old high, the old high from, I think, 2011. So everybody's you know keying off of that, obviously. But I couldn't say that just yet. Um, there's a chance if the, the right pattern forms, it goes even higher than that. But you know, right now, I wouldn't be able to say that with accuracy. I just tell everybody the next leg up will take us to around 33. The same way I was able to say, when we were at 17 and a half, the, the leg up should take us to 23, 24. Are you in any agricultural or fertilizer plays right now? 
No, what what I own right now is Tyson Foods. That's as close as I, I've gotten to it. I, I don't dislike the ag plays right now. I do think they could be setting up. Um, they just never quite got to my numbers. I'm I'm almost too pinpoint specific with numbers sometimes. You know, I wait for these things to get there. But I, I bought Tyson Foods at you know around six, just under sixty one dollars. That's at you know almost sixty six and a half now. I've taken half off. I did it with an option as well. I made a quick 24% and change. Um, so I like that one right now. And, um, you know, th- there's some there's some different equities out here that, that present opportunities. But I'm very selective. I want those stocks on, on, on sale and I want them at my levels. And, you know, I really am not, not much room for negotiation with me. When you're looking at an IPO, do you completely avoid it because there is no chart to study since that's how you make your trading decisions? Do you, and how long does it have to be trading before you might buy or sell or buy? Uh, I, I won't touch an IPO at all. I, I haven't been in an IPO since I was a kid. So, and I, when I say a kid, I'm talking in my twenties. Um, I, I want nothing to do with IPOs. I, I don't, I don't buy into the story. For even anything. when those SPACs went up 10 times right out of the gate, Nick, you uh, just yeah. don't even mess with well, it. Look, Give you another example, Bitcoin. I could own Bitcoin in 2008. You know, I, I wanted nothing to do with it because I didn't understand it. I didn't know who created it. I don't know where it came from and I've never been a part of it. So, you know, I missed that. SPACs too. I just special purpose acquisition company. That's just too long uh, of a term for me to get involved. I don't like them. You know, I, I'm not saying they're all bad, but, um, you know, if I don't, really understand. I like solid companies. I like companies that have a history. I like companies that sell products. I like companies that make money. Um, I'm not saying you can't buy a company that doesn't make money and will make money down down the road, but I like charts. I like charts to be around a while so I could really do my due diligence on that chart. But uh, yeah, I, I don't touch IPOs. I missed the SPAC move, but um, I didn't miss the SPAC collapse. And um, <laughs> that, that might have been more important. Did you make any money off of the FTX collapse recently since we last spoke? No, I didn't make any money off of that. But, you know, Bill, all of this stuff came to like a big crescendo, right? When you had like the Coinbase IPO, you had um, Robinhood, IPO of Robinhood. You know, that just told me that we're, we're, my math is right and we're going to get close to the bear market. And I nailed the bear market in the NASDAQ to the day. I gave it to my members you know, several months before it even happened. And I nailed the S&P high to the day. And I gave them that on the same day I gave them the NASDAQ top out several months before it happened. So, um, you know, I was able to have a very good year where most people in a bear market, you know, were absolutely trampled. So, you know, that's that just um, the testament to say I've been around a few of these markets now. Your website is inthemoneystocks.com. Uh, if you like what you hear from Nick, he's a successful trader. I really appreciate touching base with him every month. When he comes on the show, go check out his website again, inthemoneystocks.com. Nick, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me once again, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks.
The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks, don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can, do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.